The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In these times of rapid change, chaos, and crisis... A new wave of legendary leaders is rising up to answer their higher calling. Many are not famous nor have followers, though some do. They are brave individuals like you, seeking your highest truth and committed to deep personal change. Welcome to Legendary Leaders, Answering the Higher Calling with your host, Maria Danley. Here is the innovative support you've been looking for to become the legendary leader you are destined to be. Now, here's Maria Danley. Hello, and welcome to Legendary Leaders, Answering the Higher Calling. I'm your host, Maria Danley, and thanks for being here today. If you're live with us, or if you're listening to the recording of this show, it's good to be with you anytime that you are listening. Thank you. The Legendary Leaders radio show focuses today on the topic of creating sacred space. We'll be exploring what that means and how to do it for yourself. Now, we aren't talking about interior decoration in your home, although it's always wonderful to have a place in your house that is dedicated to your spiritual practice or a place for an altar of remembrance, whatever your spiritual path is or religion or tradition, whatever it may be. But today's topic is about how you can generate a sacred space, an energetic bubble of protection and spiritual connection that will surround you throughout your day. And getting into the habit of taking a few moments to create this energetic field can shift your physical energy dramatically throughout your day. It can protect you, bring you brilliant flashes of insight, imagination, and creativity, and help you to stay more connected to your ever-evolving self, your truer self, higher self, soul, and spirit. We'll be talking about the nine directions, the energies and forces that will create this bubble of protection, this sacred space. And then we will go on a brief visualization so you can experience these energies for yourself. And you will leave the show with a map on how to do this for yourself in the future. And after the visualization, we will be opening up the phone lines today to take calls from you. If you are seeking greater clarification about something that is going on for you and would like guidance on how to take greater responsibility for your circumstances, I'll be channeling direct answers to your questions from your, from your higher self. So please keep this number handy, 866-472-5795. That is 866-472-5795. Now, these sessions are anonymous. I'll mention your first name and where you're calling from. However, but I will say those names, but 
You'll have a chance to have your questions answered shortly, so please stay live with us today and call in. I would really appreciate that. Also, I do give private hour-long readings, and if you would like to book a session with me, there is so much that we can cover in one hour together. We can go into great depth on any topic or several topics of your choice. Each session I do is different. Your higher self will often explain where the issue is that you have, perhaps how it started, and what beliefs or attitudes that you're adopted. And then there's always information on how to heal the situation and begin to turn it around permanently. These short readings that I give on the air are, are just short snippets of what we can cover together. In a longer session, you'll receive so much more than that. So if you're interested in that and you would like a private reading with me, you'd like to talk directly to your higher self, you can sign up by going to www.mariadanley.com. And that's spelled M-A-R-I-A-D-A-N-L-Y. No E in Danley. And just click on the offering offerings tab there on the front page, the home page. Scroll down and click on Higher Self Readings and you can book an appointment with me there. And don't forget to write in the word legendary in the coupon code box to get 10% off of my usual price for a one-hour reading. <clears throat> so let's talk about creating sacred space. What it is, why it's important, and what the benefits are that you receive by invoking a sacred space as part of your daily routine. Now, there are numerous ways to create a sacred space. Every religious and spiritual tradition has its own way of doing it. Most religions have some form of prayer, incantations, rituals, or invocations to connect with the spiritual entities that you try to encounter. Today, we are exploring a framework, a powerful way that I know that works in creating a sacred space for yourself that you can easily adapt to your religion or spiritual heritage where you feel most comfortable. So what does it mean to create a sacred space? Well, I'm sure there are many definitions of this, but for our purposes today, I explain it this way. Any time that you are consciously invoking or putting your attention on connecting to non-physical entities, deities, religious figures, etc., you are shifting your energy field to expansion. If your intentions are positive and for the purpose of creating good for yourself or others, your neurobiology expands as well. As Dr. Bruce Lipton puts it, quote, all cells move toward and seek love, unquote, which sets up positivity in your energy field and generates molecules of positive emotion, creating more health in your body. It also creates greater field of attraction for your highest good. However, and many of you already know this, if your intentions are to do ill with this connection, as in the case of black magic, the cells in your body move toward fear and contraction, creating illness in the body. But that's not our discussion today. Simply put, when you attune to, invoke, pray, call in, and intend to connect with positive, non-physical entities, your energy field expands and connects you etherically to other conscious beings and expands your capabilities and your resources. I'm calling this show today Creating Sacred Space 101 because what I'm giving you is an outline. The bare bones and basic components of one way to create sacred space for yourself. It is the way that I do, but you can and should adapt it to fit your form of spiritual connection. So why is it important to create sacred space for yourself? 
Well, in these days of chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that we're all going through, it's important to feel protected and connected to your inner guidance throughout your day. The transformation and evolution, evolution process that we're all going through is challenging and disruptive at times, and where aspects of our lives seem to change rapidly or simply fall away. However, invoking and calling in a sacred space as a daily practice gives you many benefits. Here are just a few of the benefits that I can think of off the top of my head. The first is connection and guidance. Highly conscious beings live inside and outside of time simultaneously. They see and know the future and your past, and they can give you valuable guidance and information when asked. They're like having an internal North Star when you are tossed about in a storm at sea. They give you insights, bright ideas, solutions to issues you have. Revelations come more easily. Two, connecting in sacred space gives you access to unlimited resources. These unseen friends, many of whom love you, most often you're attracting on a personal level um, unseen friends that know you, and so they're the ones that usually hear your call. You can also connect to those that are non-personal as well, like archetypes and God, God is all that is. But these unseen friends who love you, they want to give to you and do things for you. But here's the way it works. They can only help you when they are asked. I think of them like billions of angels who watch and wait surrounding all of us, but cannot move to help us until they are asked. It's one of the simplest techniques in metaphysics is to ask for help and how often we forget it. Number three, safety and protection. Creating sacred space will give you safety and protection. All kinds of unwanted outcomes may be thwarted without your even knowing that it's happening. They create, in a way, a shield of protection. Four, sacred space gives you greater health when used as a daily practice. As we spoke about earlier, it does shift your molecular structure to some degree. It lifts you into an energy field of of more love. Number five, it also increases your imagination and your creativity. So that project at home you've been wanting to get to, that writing, that art, whatever, and you're feeling stuck, creating sacred space, you're inviting other beings to come in and create and imagine with you. And so you have so many more access to resources there. Six, it also creates acceleration in your personal growth and spiritual evolution. After all, many of us, you legendary leaders out there, are dedicated to your inner growth and change and spiritual well-being. You are all part, well, we all are part of this evolutionary shift, but you are here to lead the way, and it calls for an accelerated spiritual growth. And creating sacred space, being connected to it, remembering that you're connected to it does speed up that evolutionary process. And seven, being in sacred space creates a lot of magic and synchronicities, which we all love. A lot of fun. So let me give you an example of what I mean. Here's an example of it. Now, we're going to be talking shortly about the nine directions, and part of those directions are working with the elements, which you'll see shortly. But I work with the elements a lot. Now, when I say the elements, earth, air, fire, and air, um, I have names for them, which we'll be using shortly. But you can actually communicate with different entities. And so um, I'm known among my friends 
<laughs> we all have our strengths and talents, don't we? I'm known among my friends as one who can easily call in weather. Now, it's not all the time, and it's not perfect by any any stretch of the imagination. But sometimes friends will say, oh, my my, my niece is getting married um, in on this weekend. Will you program for weather? And uh, Or this is going to happen. Will you make sure that the day is sunny? This kind of thing. Now, I'm not claiming to be God or anything, but for some reason, when I when I talk to the elements, maybe it's because of my connection with them, and I ask for the weather, most often the weather will comply. It's not like I'm doing anything too um, nuts to make that happen. All I'm doing is asking, but then I'm forgetting about it, and most often the weather will change. As I say, it's not a perfect system, but that is an example of when you're connected to a sacred space and you are asking for help and you're working consciously with it, all kinds of magic and miracles can happen happen for you. So let's talk about it. What are the components of creating a sacred space? Well, I like to call in nine directions. This sort of protects you and creates a bubble around you in all the different directions. And different traditions, different spiritual heritages, American Indian and Buddhist and many others, they have different names for these directions. But this is how I do it and I share it with you so that you have a structure you can build upon. So here are the nine directions. And this is how I do it. I'll tell you the nine, I'll tell you about it and then we're all going to do it in a short visualization. First, I call in the four elements, Raphael for the air, Gabriel for the water, Mikael for the fire, and Uriel for the earth. Now, we have in science, they have different names for the elements, and they call, for example, the earth element gravitational. They call the water element electromagnetic in science. They also call a fire the strong nuclear and air the weak strong. Now, they might not normally associate it with the old tradition of earth, air, fire, and water, but these are the elements in, in terms of science, what, what science might call them. So, I, it sounds like this. I will say, before me, when I intend to start creating a sacred space, and you've heard me do this sometimes live on the air when I'm, before I'm about to channel. I'll say, before me, I call Raphael. Behind me, I call Gabriel. To my right, I call Mikhail. And to my left, I call Uriel. And that's the first four directions. And again, if you're interested in receiving this, you can always email me, maria at legendaryleaders.com, and I'll send this whole program out to you. But that's, those are the first four. You call the elements to surround you to begin creating sacred space. Then I call in the fifth and sixth components. My many futures is what I will call, I call before me my many futures, and I'll call behind me my ancestors of my spiritual, spiritual heritage. So again, it's step five is before me. I call my most positive future self, or my positive future selves. And behind me, I call my ancestors. Now you can call your ancestors of your spiritual heritage, of your you know, ancestors, you may not even know what their names are. You can call the ancestors that you've been in past, present, or future lives. It doesn't really matter. You just ask your ancestors to stand behind you to guide and protect you. And then next I call the seventh and eighth directions, the energies and forces of the universe and the spirits of nature, like this. Above me, I call down the forces of the universe, and below me, I call up the spirits of nature. And at last, I call the energies in the ninth position, I call the energies within me that sound like this. Within me, 
I call my higher self, my soul and spirit, unseen friends, guides, and counselors. Now, right now, it may sound like a lot at the moment of what I'm saying. But as you get used to saying it, it will make more sense to you as you do it. And in time, as you practice it and suit it to your own words and intentions, it will become second nature to you. In future shows, we're going to talk more in detail about each of these components that you are energetically connecting with to every day in sacred space. We'll go deeper into understanding who are the elements, what are they, how can we work more deeply with them. Tell us about, we'll be able to talk more deeply about your future selves, why or how you have so many future selves, positive and negative, that you're always steering toward. But how in invoking your positive future, it's, it's sort of setting a course toward the future that you want. We'll talk more about your ancestors, the spirits of nature, your higher self, we've talked about a bit before, your soul, spirit, guides, counselors, and unseen friends. So again, don't let it overwhelm you at this point. We're just beginning to talk a bit about this. And we will be doing it. So let's do it. Let's go on a brief guided visualization. And I'll remind you again, for those who want a written script of this, you can email me at maria at legendaryleaders.com. So this is not a meditative state, so you can listen to this at work, driving in your car or wherever you may be, and even without going into invitation, just by intending in your mind to call in these directions, you'll be altering your energetic field and creating more magic around you. So for all of you listening to this visualization right now, Give yourself permission to experience with your senses fully. Make it up. Use your imagination to fill in the blanks. And I will be giving you ideas for imagery today. But, but the more that you make it personal to you, the more intimate and powerful all this will become for you. Now, in my tradition, or the way I'm telling you, I'm calling before me Raphael. And in your tradition, you, you, when you call the East, you may have different names for it, and they may have different elementals. But this is, again, it's just a structure for you to use. So let's begin. Um, for those of you who are hearing my voice and would like to follow through and go a little deeper, close your eyes and begin to relax. And again, with this, you don't have to go into meditation every time. It's just putting your intention, calling them in with interest, with sincerity, with caring, they will be there a moment away, a breath away. And it sounds like this as you relax, settling in just a little bit, you can say to yourself, I wish to open a sacred space. I call before me Raphael. You may want to say, I call before me Raphael with the sylphs of the air. And imagine light and elementals of air in front of you. I call behind me Gabriel with the undines of water. And sense energies or forces that are flowing with movement, perhaps watery movement. That's right. To my right, I call Mikael with the salamanders of fire. And sense warmth, energetic movement with warmth and heat, perhaps rainbowish lights. And to my left, I call Uriel with the gnomes of the earth. And sense that energy of the substance of earth, perhaps image 
gnomes or beings, the caretakers of our planet Earth. And then you call before you, I call before me my future self. Or I call before me my, before me my future selves, my positive, exalted futures to be here before me. And sense those beings, you in many different time spaces, positive futures, possible futures, imagine them all out there in front of you. They stand there happy to help in your healing process and guide your way. And behind me, I call the ancestors, the ancestors of my heritage, of my spiritual tradition. You may want to call in ones you have in your tradition right now. I call in the ancestors. I call in the ancestors that I have been in past concurrent future lives as well to be here at this time and sense them standing behind you. They too are here to guide you, to protect you, to stand with you, and feel their presence now. And now you say, I call down the forces of the universe above me and sense a gentle stream of force or energy from the universe coming down perhaps like a cone or a a column above your head. I call up the spirits of nature beneath me. And you can sense a tingling, a sense that something is moving, or perhaps you feel nothing at all. That's fine. Just know that it is there. And the ninth, I call the energies within I ask my higher self, my soul and spirit, my unseen friends, guides and counselors to be here and call in any other personal entities that you wish to have with you at this time. And that bubble is created and sense right now, we'll just go through them again. Before me, Raphael, with the sylphs of the air, behind me, Gabrielle, with the undines of water. To my right, I call Mikael, with the salamanders of fire. And to the left, Uriel, with the gnomes of the earth. I call down the forces of the universe above me. I call up the spirits of nature beneath me. I call my future selves before me. I call the wisdom and protection of my ancestors behind me. And I call the energies within my higher self, soul and spirit, unseen friends, guides, counselors, to come be here now. Now in this space, you can go deeper into meditation, sitting with the elements, sitting with your higher self, future selves. You may notice I switched the order there, calling the down the forces and up the forces of the spirits of nature before calling the fore and behind. It doesn't matter. You can find your own way. You've called them all in. This is not perfection. And take a moment with them. They're all listening. And make your requests. Ask for that healing for yourself, for someone else. 
Ask for that dream that you're focused on and want to see happen. Or use this energy to send healing, healing to Nepal, to other areas of crisis in the world. Pouring your love through and into this sacred space, sending it out to others. Developing your strength and powerful and your power and magic. And now take a moment just to receive. They are here to support you, to love you. They're here to work with you, to co-create with you. And they're here to do, in a sense, you could say you're bidding, but it's more that it's not a command. It's, it's a, in a way of a friend there to support you. In metaphysics, we know you always get what you want. It may not be what you ask for, but it is in that moment what you want. So be it, and so it is. So you can gently open your eyes, coming back. Because it wasn't a deep meditation, it was just opening a sacred space. We're going to take calls in a moment. We're going to take a break, so please call now. Call 866-472-5795. And the sooner that you do call, the, the queue does start. So if you do call now, you will be able to jump on the line, and I'm happy to read for you. So again, that number, please call in, one 866 472 5795, and I'm opening up the, the lines to do channeling for you. So please stay tuned. We'll be back in just a moment. Listening to Legendary Leaders with Maria Danley. To receive the answer to your most burning question, please call 1 866 472 5795. Again, that's 1 866 472 5795. Now, let's return to Legendary Leaders. 
Hello and welcome back to Legendary Leaders and I hope you enjoyed creating that sacred space. We're all in a sacred space and I always call a sacred space before I open up. The way that I channel is my ability to tap into that sacred space that we've created and they're the ones that give me this information. I see that we have Michael here on the line from New York. Michael, are you there? Yes, hello Maria. Hello Michael, thank you for calling in. And what is your question today? Oh, uh, this weekend, of course, Memorial Day was a, a lot of emotion in the air. Uh, my father was a veteran. My wife's father was a veteran. Both have, uh, did not pass in war, but did pass, uh, have both passed. And, uh, their thoughts of them have been, you know, on my mind. Um, um, I'm not sure whether I have a question. You know, I'm, I'm floundering in this recession, uh, I consider myself an experienced and dedicated uh, uh, energetic healer. Um, I'm finding it difficult to get people to resonate with uh, with the knowledge and understanding that I have about that. And um, I'm not sure if uh, I'm looking for a message from from my ancestors or from spirit. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let, let's look a little deeper here, Michael. We're going to talk with your higher self, and we'll see what they're saying. Hold on. Wonderful. Well, they are talking about you in this way, Michael, that you, a very sensitive being that you are, and yes, you're very talented and, uh, and earnest in your, in your healing work. And it's interesting that you spoke about your parents and a lot of emotion that is there. You're, you're a deeply feeling person. And there is a part of you, of course, that does want to, in a sense, teach and, and teaching is, has its place. And there's a place we want to say, well, how do we put this? Give, give me one second so I'm really clear. There, there is something here, and we're not quite sure what we're seeing, but there's like there's a, a bubble around you of some kind of resistance to the work. Now, was the resistance getting out and letting people know about your work is the resistance, but there's something that is keeping you sort of separate. They're showing me this sort of a, um, I don't know what to call it, not a, a vacuous space, but just a space between you and what you're wanting. And we do see a relationship between that and your relationship with your parents. When you speak about the emotion um, and and, you know, Thank you to your parents for serving the way they have. And uh, um, yes, it was an emotional weekend. But when they're telling me that you have a sense inside that you're owing to one or both of them, I don't know which. But when I say, who who are you owing? Who do you feel you're owing to? Does that make sense? Oh, certainly both um, of my parents. Uh, I think we all are. Um, my mother gave me the use of language, uh, understanding words and their meaning, uh, to a, an enormous extent. And my father gave me passion for helping others and saving lives. He was a firefighter, mm-hmm. although he, he retired a very, very high commanding uh, deputy chief in the New York City Fire Department. He always called himself just the fireman. And uh, no, that is beautiful. And what you're what you're talking about is the gratitude that you have for them, and the beautiful gifts they gave you. We're talking about some 
something else. There's a contract in here. We have to go a little bit deeper. One second, and kind of switch lenses to look. A contract is something that we sometimes will do. Most often, we do in childhood where um, we make little bargains. Like I will, you know, I promise, mommy, I will never be more beautiful than you, or I promise, daddy, I'll never be more successful, or something like that. Right. I'm not, and I'm not seeing it that clearly. So just give me, as I say, a second here. Yeah, they're showing me that there's a push pull in a really in your relationship with what you're trying to do. Now, is this the work that you do as a healer and energetic well, healer? Well, one of my biggest attempts is to correct my vision, my eyesight. Okay. For focusing on distant objects, uh, which uh, you know was an issue that began in like third grade, um, and so I'm trying to I'm, I'm I'm feeling that if I can correct my own vision, I can then utilize that knowledge to correct others' visions in, in multiple ways and, and, and for large groups, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been working diligently, you know, every day to, to come up with explanations as to why this occurred because my eyes are perfect. When I dream, everything is in perfect vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I close my eyes, I can imagine things in perfect vision. Um, and when I was eight years old, I had perfect vision, uh, and nothing actually traumatic has happened to my eyes or my mind. Um, but, but you started to lose that vision, is that what you're saying? Yes, yes. I think a lot of people do lose this ability. It, it's very interesting that in the, in the 1900s, most people used glasses to read, and then in the 1950s and 60s, most people use glasses to see far. So there was a complete shift in that mm-hmm. inability to focus. And well, I've, you're, been looking, you're, I've been looking ahead. for my reasons why it's occurred to me and so that I can help others with their vision as well. Okay, well, we, we understand that. And what a beautiful and noble purpose. Uh, I want to help. And, there, of course, the word vision has uh, different meanings, and both are important to you. One being the, the, very, the physical vision, being able to see, but also the vision to see, have a vision of something greater or grander or even a vision of where someone is going. And having vision is essential, in a sense, as we move into the future. And, and for most of us right now, the vision is very cloudy. I often use the image of going through the birth canal and that where it's like we can't see that it's all dark and, and the future right, is pretty unclear where i was hoping to help others and do you you definitely you definitely can do this now one thing we will say because we are not hearing more information about this at the moment but what we we will say is that you know when you are seeing in your meditative state or in your dream state and you're seeing clearly it's because you're using a different sense you're not using your eyes you're using your imagination now that is one of the um, common senses is imagination. So to all of us and everything, there's imagination. So this idea, but there, I'm not seeing so clearly, I'm not having vision for you. Of when, tell me just a little bit more so the pictures will come in. When did you start to lose this vision for yourself? When did your eyes start going or shifting? Um, I was, it was alerted to me uh, in fourth grade by not being able to read the blackboard properly. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, I was an adventurous young man. I would go into the swamps all by myself with nothing but a stick as a, as a companion. Uh, the high reeds, and I would just get lost in there and venture around like Daniel Boone or Davy Crockett or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So uh, that, that's what I love to do, although I, I did play ball with the kids in the block and what have you. But uh, um, And there was, to your, because we normally we hear things coming in, but some they're, they're being unusually quiet today, so I don't really hear them talking. But what I'm curious about is the, you know, normally it will happen when there's something that we don't want to see, and that's an obvious place to look. But for you, you, do you, you look there. What is it, when you think about being in fourth grade or your vision changing, what do you imagine was going on at home that you didn't really want to be seeing? And again, it doesn't well, have to be anything well, well, catastrophic. Well, my parents had a, a, an unhappy marriage at that point, and uh, my mother turned to drinking, and my father turned to work. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. worked... Uh, More absent. Yeah, he, yeah it's, it's a very hard life for a firefighter. Absolutely, and, uh, absolutely. They were always, he was always exhausted when he was home. And if you'll so, just say their first names for me, just like, you know, Mary uh, Winifred was her name. Edward was... Okay, give me one second then. I appreciate your telling me that. Hold on. I appreciate you talking to me about this. Oh, thank you. Okay, they're they're giving me clearer pictures. When this was going on, your mother, when she did start to drink and she started with Drew, she was getting very. There's, I'm looking at her now and a very very agitated state. And um, I want to say not. There's an anger in her energy field. There's also a, a, a kind of like a, a, a sucking or a wanting more from your father that it looked like he couldn't quite give to her. And financially, and so, a firefighter can't isn't rich person. Yes, she, well, she wanted money. She wanted affluence and money. Okay, wealth. Well, what happened was that the, this, with her pulling and pulling more on him, and his is just trying to do his job, and uh, feeling was he knew he was adequate in his work, but feeling that there was something he, you know, he, inadequate to give her the amount of money, let's say that she had wanted. Right. But what right. had happened at this time was there was this rift, and and it started to create a uh, we want to say an energetic tension at home, and um, we don't know if you have siblings, but what we're seeing is a lot of tension in your household growing up, and a lot this pull uh, between them, and and you. Uh, a highly sensitive boy and wanting peace at home. There was a part where you wanted to amend whatever it was, somehow soothe your mother's uh, anxieties, what they're telling me. And in some ways, she started uh, sucking that energy from you as well. Can you relate to that? Sure. And so what what started happening at that point was that as she was um, uh, feeling that she wasn't her dreams were not going to happen, she not trapped isn't the right word, but that she was never going to get what she wanted. She started in a sense um, creating this anxiety and this pulling energy on everyone. Everybody feeling something is wrong. We can, we're just not adequate enough, or just can't give her what she wanted. And that was what we sense is it was a part where your vision, in the sense, started to well, you could say, just didn't want to be looking at what was going on. There was a strong feeling of protection for your father, and at the same time, there was a place of uh, we want us. They're showing me how you were really pulled on, particularly by her. Is that accurate? Did she? I identified it with her. Yes. Okay. And can you just tell me the lineup? And that's the last question I'll ask on that. What, what were, do you mean? Lineup? Were, were, were you the oldest, or no? I was the middle child. Okay, the middle. Yeah, it looks like you were trying so much to be a peacemaker in the house, and um, and there was a place where you know you just didn't want it, and and it was so uncomfortable at times, and uh, you know just this demand and a place like endless need there that you could not satisfy in her, and so that's where we sense it happened. Now we can't promise, of course, that by going in and processing this, your your eyes will return, um, you know, to their vision. And by the way, are you fine with glasses, or or is that? Is there, we know that no, you want to help people with vision. It's most annoying to me to wear glasses. 
Yeah, it's annoying I to mean, wear glasses. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, no. Uh, okay. Uh, but it isn't it's when most, I it's, it's It's most annoying to me to not be able to see things without my glasses. I see. Okay, well... Because I it's, feel my eyes are, are, are not damaged. Mm-hmm. I feel that. I feel that about them. I see well, color. Let, yeah. I, up close, I can see perfectly. So... Yes. Well, we uh, don't, we're not getting more information about that except that there is a place where you can, I don't know if you journal or if you meditate or if you, if you go there, but um, certainly, well, let's put it, they are saying this about you. This has just come in. <laughs> this this just in. Um, that you have a demand on yourself that you have to do this in order to be a healer or in order to, to you know, boy, if I change my eyes, then I can prove to others that I can do it. And we're, we, they're telling us that that's an awfully hard demand that you're putting on yourself it'd be wonderful if your eyes cleared up it'd be wonderful if you could see without your glasses it'd be a wonderful blessing but there you've set it up in a way that you're kind of putting this demand on yourself and and being hard on yourself a little bit with it you know what we're talking about yes sure so that's setting up more tension what we would say is you know we do know of of uh, this guy who (laughs) creates these sort of black glasses with these little holes in it and it does exercise the eyes which can be very very helpful for exercising the muscles of the eyes but we would say here's what we sense one forgive yourself for not being what your mother had wanted you to be in a sense she kind of transferred her energy of longing or hope or whatever onto you in some ways because you were the most susceptible because you were the most open so forgive yourself also to go through the anger of expressing to your that get it on paper write it out we've often talked about an anger diet where you can write it all out and rip it up and burn it and ask for it to be lifted we highly recommend that Um, and then the third is you know I forgive myself for placing this demand on myself I have some Thing to say. I have a dream. I have a heart here that can give to people around vision. It doesn't even have to be literal vision. It's a vision of where they're going, a vision of something greater, something more positive. And in that, you have the, the gift to give that right now without having to correct your own physical vision, but giving them hope, giving them inspiration, giving them, we want to say, the compassion and tenderness of heart, which you have in spades, Michael. Uh, very, very beautiful here. Um, so the talent is already there. The question is, do I have to make this demand on myself that I must clear up and have perfect vision and be perfect about this before I can get out and do my work? And, and we know it's probably funny to hear you uh, say it that way. And you would say, well, no, I don't. Well, we would say we would agree with that too. You get on out there and start creating what you want to now. The other place we want to say is your father. You had a deep love with him and a connection with him. You knew him in many past lives. And we want to say they're telling me to tell you to write a love letter to your father to thank him for all who he, all the work he did all the courage he had what he did what he gave he was an amazing inspiration to you and we would say write him a love letter and for your mother to give forgive her she um, in some ways she had her own blindness and that's a piece of what we sense here was going on there was that helpful for you extremely Okay, because we want to say your father is right there on the other side, and he'd be happy to be, come and sit with you and love you and give you courage and strength. Oh, I've, 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 I've seen him in my dreams. Yeah, well, he is. Very, I've seen, I, 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 he was in the Navy, and, and in my dream, he, he appeared, it was like V-Day, and, and everyone was celebrating. All the sailors were in white uh, uniforms, and the girls were all in their dresses, and everyone was singing and laughing and and he's at the back of this large open atrium area with his buddies and they're all dressed in 
white sailor's uniforms, and as I get closer, I see he's he's in an admiral's uniform, mm. and everyone is in a in a sailor's uniform, and they're all toasting and this and that. But they're just one big happy group. Uh-huh. Uh, this happened shortly after he passed, and I I knew he was he was whole and and uh, and you know safe. He was whole and he was safe and he was always your dad. He was an inspiration. And I appreciate your calling in and especially talking about the military is so close to our hearts. So such a service, such a gift. None of us would have the freedom today without them. So I'm so grateful you brought that in today and you can still keep loving your father and still let him be that inspiration. And guess what? He can also be inspiring your vision, the vision that you bring to others. So thank you so much, Michael. We enjoyed talking with you today. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Joanne from Iowa, are you there? I'm here. Hi, Joanne. Thank you for calling in. What's your question today? Um, I have a couple questions, but I think I'm going to go with um, my job, my current day job. Okay. Um, I seem to have been struggling for like the last year. Staying focused. I'm making more mistakes. Um, my job had slightly switched. So I'm not sure if it's just that and I'll settle into it. Or mm-hmm. is it something else happening or kind of any kind of guidance that sure. comes through around my career? Well, when we look at you in relationship to the work that you're doing, and they're they're giving images to me of you being really distracted, like you kind of don't want to be there. It's just sort of trivial. Your heart isn't in it. You're just kind of doing it to get the, all the paycheck or whatever. Um, do you like being there at work? I do. Okay, so tell us what do you like about this work? What what do you what are you enjoying? I like my coworkers. <laughs> you um, like your coworkers. I do huh? also like yes. the work too. It's very logical. So it's kind of like solving a puzzle sometimes. But okay. on the same side, I'm kind of tired of solving those puzzles and our puzzles. I'm trying to move in a different direction, but I do okay. need the paycheck. Yeah. So, so the friends, the paycheck, that. and you do like the work, but there's a place. So what is all that? Is, they're showing me a lot of anxiety or distraction and your, your head's in many different places. What's going on with that? Um, well, I have something going on with my mom. She had a knee surgery, so she's required a little bit more from me. Um, my son kind of has been in and out of trouble, and I think he's settling down on that, but it just takes a long time. He lives with me. And his daughter's over, so she's a good distraction, though. Um, then there's work, and I have a second job, and then I'm trying to start something. I got a lot of things on my plate. Yeah, a lot of things on your plate. Trying to do many things, going in different directions. And there's also, they're telling me, uh, Joanne, that you have this sense that it is your responsibility to kind of, well, let's say, put it this way, be responsible for everybody. Be responsible yeah. not only for your son, but for your mother, for pretty much even your coworkers. You, it's as if you seem to be a bit of a sponge, but take these things and put them on your shoulder, thinking that well, these are my responsibilities. And um, that's that's not they are not your responsibilities. And here's why you want to be careful of that. It's it's called discernment that wait, I want to be responsible for what I'm responsible for and let other people be responsible for what they're responsible for. Now, the, the reason you want to do that because if you try and pick up, let's say, a co-worker's responsibility. So, for example, let's say they're have, going through an issue and you feel a lot of compassion, and you do. You've got a big heart. You, you feel what people are feeling, and you love feeling connected. You love connection to people, and you identify yourself as being a part 
of whomever you're with, really. And yeah. what happens when you try and take on their responsibility as your own? First of all, it doesn't work. Uh, it's their responsibility. We're all here on this planet to, in a sense, go through our own challenges, to learn our own lessons. And when I try and pick it up, hey, Joanne, let me pick up this for you. First of all, I would say, please, please don't, you know, please don't. This is my challenge. I want, I need to go through it. I'm happy that you're here and I can talk to you. I'm happy that you're giving advice and insight. That's great. But you learned very early on, Joanne, we want to say, is that you are responsible for everything. It was not the truth. But it was part of, we, we, we sense it's your mother energy, the, your mother, uh, or, or, yeah, who, who want, put too many responsibilities on you. And, and it made you angry, absolutely, as a child. And, and when you were younger, you were very smart, and very focused and clear at that time. But there was also a feeling of, um, this is too much weight on me. And so what you did was you would then get to, you know, let's say, look around for what other responsibilities can I take on. It was something about you feeling that if you did that, you were either a savior or um, sort of the, the, the hero of the day. And, and it was your way. Can you relate that your mother gave this to you? Yes. So when she did that, it was a way of her trying to get out of responsibility and put it on your shoulders. And you learned that that's what it means to be loving, is to pick up other people's responsibilities. It is not true. And what it did was it put her and you in a, a state of murder, which is feeling misunderstood and unappreciated and innocent at all times. And, you know, hey, this isn't my responsibility kind of thing. But you wanted love so much with that sweetheart and all that you have, those gifts, that you started looking for places where you could take people's responsibilities. Of course, it was erroneous. You, you tried to. There was no way you could really do it. But it, they, it's like your wires got crossed that if I go around and I get interested in everybody's burdens and I try and take them on, even though I can't do anything about them, that will be love. And so what you want to do and look at is, wow, that isn't love. Love really is more about uh, being respond, you know, responding, not being respond, giving, respecting, responding, knowing, as we've talked about in other shows. And it's not about, it doesn't say, and by, by taking on other people's responsibilities. No, no, no. So what we sense happening is that you've taken on all this stuff. Now, what we'd like to do right now is actually energetically work on that because when we look, you are you have a stuffy energy field with this stuff, and it's literally a lot of it around your neck and around your shoulder. So we want yep. to pull pull down all the contracts that you've got, update contracts today. Oh, goodness, what is today? May 26th, 27th? What's the date today? Do you happen to know? Thank you. I, May 20, I think May 26th. We call down uh, all of these false responsibilities that Joanne has taken on her shoulders to please uh, please remove these, to, to bring that, break those contracts and uh, to release them. Now, there's a lot of anger that's coming up uh, in you, as we know, you might not be feeling it, but we want to say underneath this, we want to say this layer of do good actions, you know, just keep busy, just keep busy. Um, and by the way, we haven't lost track of what your question is. This <laughs> busyness is because you're <laughs> what we're describing. And so it's why, hey, why can't I focus? Because I'm carrying everybody's weights on my shoulders and I can't, I don't have any energy and space and time to think. I'm interested in my work, but hey, I don't have time. That is a lower priority. That That isn't what love is. Love isn't just staying here and focusing on my job. Love is taking on all these other burdens. Can you relate? Absolutely. Okay, so what we would say for you is you will want to uh, write down all the things that you think are burdens that are yours, okay? okay. Actually list okay. them. You know, Sue's this and Jonathan's that and whatever. And particularly with your coworkers and family, like you feel you're responsible. And in some ways you feel out of control with your son. We want to say it is his responsibility if he's going to get messes or not. And he has a way of pulling your strings. He knows right when you're starting to... Uh, 
you know, feel happy and good again. And he just, whoops, I'll just slip up a little bit and create you, get you, keep you guessing. So you, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I have to get to a place where I let people go. I cut cords. Doesn't mean I'm not going to be friends or love them or whatever, but I am going to let them deal with their own responsibilities. This is going to be, you're a bit of a junkie here, my dear. I, <laughs> I say am. That with respect. It's going to be like, you know, getting, getting off sugar or alcohol. We're saying it's an addiction. I'm going to cut them. Really look at the ones I, I, I can just cut cords and start living my own life. We want to say, you know, it's okay to sit here and focus on my work, but your field, as they say, is is, is cluttered. You can run a gold, uh, fine gold mesh, um, like a screen, down through the top of your aura and imagine all of this other stuff is coming down through to uh, like ground that into the ground. That's one thing you can do. But we realize there are only three minutes left in the show today. So what we will say is that making the list, Absolutely cutting. You can imagine cutting cords. You could go, do you know how to cut cords, energetic cords? No. Have you ever heard of that? Well, you can imagine you've got these cords to all these people you're with these responsibilities. And you can imagine taking scissors and cutting the cords and saying, I am not going to do this. Um, we could talk more about it another time. You can always give us a call around this. But the, cutting the cords, making the choice, I'm not going to do this, we would say will help you to have much clarity, more clarity. And at night before you go to sleep, I ask my higher self, please lift all of this other burden that I thought was love. I surrender it. And help me to find what real love is. And we sense that's going to be a good start for you, okay? Okay, that sounds good. I'll start with that. I appreciate your calling in. Thank you so much, Joanne. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you all. We, that's about all the time we have today. So thank you for listening. As I say, you can always call, write, uh, go to mariadownley.com if you want to book a, a reading with me, a private reading. We can go deeper. We could have used a little more time with Joanne, but that's the way it is. Um, also, if you again, if you're interested in receiving the written list on calling a sacred space, please email me, maria at legendaryleaders.com, and I'll send that information out to you. Next week, we've got an exciting guest. Barbara Marks Hubbard will be joining us. And Barbara is a prolific educator, evolutionary thinker, and author of seven books, including a revised and updated edition of her seminal work, Conscious Evolution. We'll be talking to her about her book, Emergence, and how it will help each of you to deepen your connection to your higher self. And we'll talk about conscious evolution. Barbara will give all of you a greater understanding and an exciting vision of what evolutionary change is going on right now in this tremendous time of change. And she is a fascinating, delightful visionary leader. Thank you for listening to Legendary Leaders Answering the Higher Calling today. It is an honor to support all of you unsung heroes on your journey to become the legendary leaders that you're destined to be. And until next week, I send you my love and appreciation and best wishes for a lovely week. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in this week for Legendary Leaders. Maria Danley invites you to join her for another inspiring show next Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. Have a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 